Welcome to NextCast. My name is Nathan Whitlock, an editor at Humber Press. NextCast is a podcast about teaching and learning at Humber College. Every episode, we talk to some of the faculty and staff who are leading innovation both inside and outside the classroom. This episode, we talk to Anne Zbitnew, who teaches photography in the Media Foundations program. We'll be talking to Anne about using games as a way of advancing learning in the classroom. Welcome to NextCast, Anne. I was wondering if you could tell me uh, right off the top a little bit about what you do at Humber. What I do at Humber. What don't I do at Humber? <laughs> um, so what I do at Humber, I have been teaching at Humber since 1996 in the journalism program, in the photography program, in the media foundation program, uh, part-time, and I've been full-time for this is my third year, and I'm currently teaching in the media foundation program. The two courses that I teach are image capture and editing one, which is a beginning of photography course, and then there's some editing, video editing as well. And then I teach in the second semester visual literacy. And just in the interest of full disclosure, I'll yes. say you are a colleague of mine in the we Media are. Foundations program. So Exactly. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about, um, of the many things you do at Humber, mm-hmm. um, was this idea of playing games in classes um, yes. and having those games kind of secretly be learning games or yes. advanced learning and yes. reinforce you know, some of the messages that you're, you're, you're you know, some of the things you're t- discussing in class. When was that idea, when did that idea first occur to you, this idea of playing games? Was that something you did right when you first started teaching or did it come later? So it's it's kind of recent, probably in the past three years. Um, so the visual literacy class that I teach, I developed and wrote that course uh, three years ago. And so that's the first year it was, it was started to be taught. And there's a lot of theory. Mm-hmm. And so first semester when I'm teaching photography, you know, we talk about the camera, then we go out and take pictures, and then we edit them, and then we do Photoshop. So it's a lot of, there's a lot of hands-on and a lot of, you can see it right away. It's very well, concrete. It's, it's very, super concrete. Yeah. And then in the end, you've got a picture and an assignment, and boom, you're done. Um, but with visual literacy, so now we're learning, we're learning not how to see, because we, we already know that and we see on a, on a daily basis. And I'm using see, I'm not privileging the fact that everyone ha- has sight, because not everyone does. But in visual literacy, we also talk about taste and touch and all the other senses as well. Mm. But I'm going to say see because it's visual literacy. Sure. So, um, so we talk about the theories about why you have that message. Why when you see a stop sign, do you stop? What is what is telling you that? What does the color red mean? What do signs and symbols mean? So there's there's theory we need to know. Um, and, you know, like I tell the class at the first class, you know all this, but you just don't know that it's theory and you don't know the words that we attach to it. So I found when I started teaching theory, it was super boring, you know. And this is what this is, semiotics, you know, and you end... Because of the learners, the MIDI Foundation students, and they've been first semester doing so much hands-on, all of a sudden it's like, oh, theory. They weren't taking notes. They weren't engaging. They would ask no questions, even mm-hmm. though I'd throw a concept out and then it would be, you. okay, any questions? Nothing. Silence. Yes, this, that awful silence that mm-hmm. you hear. So I thought, okay, we need to we need to cover theory and talk about theory, but we need to make it 
fun and we need to make it engaging. And it's almost like you're accidentally learning. So then I thought if we make it more game-like, this is where the learning is really going to happen. So in the first class, um, I start talking about identity and who you are because the way you experience the, the world, but including looking at images, depends on where you're from, who you are, you know, all these things that we connect with us as a person because everyone in that room is an expert in their own lives. They know themselves. Looking at an image, we're not all going to see it the same way. So um, I talk about identity. So as I started to talk about that, I'd start losing people left, right, and center, and I'd, I'd bring up the, the concept of a social construct, and it was just eyes would glaze over. Mm-hmm. So we then we just started talking, okay, let's let's make a list of 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 what you do every day. W- tell me what you do, you know. Wake up, you eat your cereal, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair, you get in line for the bus, you get on the bus. You know, you, we made a big list and then talked about how everything on that list is constructed by society. You're doing it because society says so. It's like, oh, wow, you know, so it's it starts to really sink in when you have never heard that term before. It can be a little bit, you know, what does that mean, socially constructed? So then we talk about identity and who people are, and then I refer to their social geography, and I don't mean it literally where you were born, but what what makes you you as, as a person. So I do this exercise we're going to do now. Oh. So I'm going to give you we're this. We're actually going to try one right we're here? We're going to try one. So okay. here's a blank piece of paper. You do realize it, this is a podcast and no one will What do you it. mean? Where's the camera? <laughs> I know. Right. I'll try to be, let's see, we'll see if this will work in okay. this way. So you have a blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So for the, the... I can confirm to the listener that yes. I'm holding a blank piece Sounds of paper. Sounds like paper. So the only thing, so you need to trust me and you need to uh, follow directions and not ask any questions. Okay, I'm out. Okay. No. You're out. I know. That's what they they all like. When I first say, okay, the first instruction you need to do is close your eyes. I'm looking around the room and and they've got one eye closed. It's like, (laughs) I can see you. Close your eyes. So, okay. So, Nathan. My first step? Your first step, close your eyes. Okay. I'm closing my eyes. Okay. Then you're going to pick up the piece of paper Mm -hmm. and you're going to fold it in half. All right. And don't worry if it's even. Don't worry if the edges are sharp. That's okay. Then, it excellent, it looks great. Um, you keep eyes your eyes shut. Closed? Eyes okay. still closed. So I'd like you to tear off the top right corner. The top right corner. Yes. Here we got left and right, so we'll see how it goes. Good. Gone. Okay, fold it in half again. Got keep it. Keep your eyes closed. Got it. Tear off the bottom left corner. Will this be a snowflake at the end of it? Maybe, or or, or a gingerbread man all attached holding <laughs> hands. Um, so then you're going to fold it in half one more time. Got it. I'm doing that right now. You are. Looks good. Listener at home. Yeah. And then tear off the top left corner. It'll be a bit of a challenge. Now it's thicker, but tear what you can I'm off. extraordinarily strong. So. Yeah, I know you are. Oh, look at that. Amazing. Okay. So now you can open your eyes and okay. you can unfold your paper. And it is a beautiful snowflake, well, kind of a snowflake. So what, there's a big hole in the middle, and then there's, it looks like you chewed the outside edge of it. So Is this a sort of a Rorschach thing? It is, and now I'm going to leave because, (laughs) no. (laughs) So what what happens is, so everyone opens up their paper, and Uh then, okay, everybody hold it up. And when people hold it up, they all look different. 
because so which is really interesting so they go hey mine's got two holes mine's ripped there <clears throat> mine's folded this way so I say to everybody what what happened what you all listened to the same directions you all had your eyes closed what happened and the answer is we're all different people and so even though we heard the same directions you know, you're folding it maybe lengthwise, I'm folding it the other way. You've torn a big piece off, someone else tore a little piece off. You might not know your left from your right. So they all look different. So the point being, okay, here we are, we're all in the same room, we're doing the same class, you're different. You're all gonna see things differently. So that I find, it's a really fun way to start the class too because they they get to actually see what that means. So that's that's one what that's what I mean a little bit by playing game a game is mm -hmm. is to really engage in in something literal that you can touch and feel but then look at and it helps make you understand it a little bit more. And it's almost a um it's almost a mnemonic device. Whenever they come up against that an abstract idea or this when you re you refer to that again, they'll always connect this to oh the paper that looks different. That's right. That's right. right. And we do, and in fact, even, so this is week two. We did that last week in class. Uh, today, someone brought it up. We we were looking at another image, and they were saying, well, I know why we all look at this differently, because we're different people. And it's like, yeah, you, you got it. It's so fun. <laughs> um, and then another exercise that we do, which I also really like a lot, is I have them, I give them all a notebook at the beginning of the semester and open to a blank page and draw a grid with 16 little squares in it. So you fill your page and you draw four across, four down, 16 little squares. And I have a list of uh, things. And I'm, I'm gonna, I tell them that uh, you've got a pen, you're gonna draw in each little box. You have 30 seconds to draw what I say out loud. And when I say stop, you're gonna stop and we'll go on to the next one. So I've got a list of 16 things and it's things like, um, so you have 30 seconds to draw Harry Potter. You have 30 seconds to draw a nurse. You have 30 seconds to draw a farmer. You have 30 seconds to draw a hockey player. So we go through all 16 and then, and it's so interesting because they're quiet in the room and they're just drawing away for the, and I, full 30 seconds, keep adding detail until I say stop, moving on to the next one. And then we group up and they look at each other's and it's, it's pretty fun and it's funny. And, and often people will say, well, I'm not a very good drawer, but it's not about that. It's about sort of what what you put together and inevitably it's like hey I drew mine looks like yours my cat looks like the cat you drew and so we start looking at that and the one there's a couple that I every time is is really interesting so um, often when I say draw a nurse I would say 95% of the students draw a round head with long hair that curls at the bottom with a little boxy hat on the top with a cross on it. And so I say to them, you know, has anybody ever been to a hospital in the last little while? Because nurses haven't dressed like this in 50 years. Right. <laughs> and But they almost all draw it. Sure. And then they're, they're like laughing and it's like, so where did that come from? Where did, where did you get that? Where did you grab that memory? And we talk about part of it is, is the panic that you've got 30 seconds. So you go to your, if you had a little memory bank of 
index cards of images, you go to your nurse file, and the first one that comes up is the one you draw because you don't have time to imagine what a nurse looks like. So you grab that one. So how come? How come we all drew, you know, these these images that don't exist as what we imagine nurses anymore? And we talk about the fact that, you know, it's it's almost imprinted on you when you're a kid and you see a TV show or you watch an old vintage show or you, you know, lots of different ways you're going to see this kind of nurse character, that's, that becomes the one. Hmm. And when they draw farmers, it's generally this person with overalls holding a pitchfork. <laughs> it's like, really? That's your farmer? <laughs> um, so, and then another one, oh, a clown. So there's a big round nose and there's this big hair on the side. They're often scary looking though as well. So that's really interesting because, you know, we are very different people, yet how come we're drawing this, you know, this nurse in this way? So then we start talking about stereotype because what you're also doing when you're drawing your very first memory card, or index card of memory, is it's a stereotype. It's the one. It's the one that we can identify. You know, for example, gendering a nurse as someone who presents as female with long hair. You know, I don't know the exact statistics, but you know, let's say thirty percent of nurses are don't you know identify as female. So, but we still we draw that. So that brings us to a conversation about stereotype instead of you know a, a, a PowerPoint slide that says. This is stereotype. This is bad. You know, right, this right. way you just go, whoa. And then it's like, don't feel bad that you drew a nurse that way, but just be mindful that when you look at images, when you think of images, when you, when you talk about images, don't stop at the first one. Try to, try to keep going. Because it's, you, we all, I do that. Oh, here it is. This is the one. But we can go much beyond that. So that whole little game brings up some pretty heavy stuff. You know, stereotypes are a hard thing I find to teach and to talk about because I always worry that I'm going to, you know, talk about stereotype in a stereotypical way or I'm going to stereotype someone. Like, I, I find it really difficult to talk about. But this way, it's just, you just, it's just presented in, in a way that's, that's also kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So we do lots of those exercises in visual literacy as we move through the course because it it's theory, but it's not it's not theory. It's it's right. theory in a way that that is fun and approachable and and engages discussion. I, it's an interesting um, it's an interesting game too. You know the idea of presenting this idea about stereotypes, but but removing the sort of moral side of it yes. for a moment yes. and 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 the judgment of it and just yeah. saying look this is just objectively how they get created in your mind yeah. you're not necessarily a bad person That's because of right. this so it makes it much easier for that lesson to be mm -hmm. absorbed yes. because it's you don't get defensive about it you exactly. don't say well what are you saying about me yeah. <laughs> right yeah no for sure you're judging me for being judgmental it's just like no yeah that's your brain works yeah um so those are a couple of your favorite games but yeah. I always sort of think when I think about using games in class, and I, I, I try to do a little bit of that myself, mm -hmm. you're dealing with students who are sometimes um, uh, prematurely jaded, yeah. <laughs> as all well 18, 19-year-olds are, as we were at 18 or 19-year-olds. Mm -hmm. 
So do you sometimes encounter a bit of resistance to that, to that idea that we're going to kind of play this out, you know? Um, Sometimes. Sometimes people don't want to do it for lots of reasons or, you know, I don't draw or I I don't know or I don't know the answer. And and so we – but – I do find because they really are a little bit unexpected. So I start with saying, okay, we're going to talk about theory. Take out your notebooks. You're going to be taking notes. And it's like, like, and then when you introduce something like this, it's almost relief. Like, oh, I don't have to write down big words or understand this quite yet. I can just play with this a little bit. I find people get tremendously engaged. And imagine doing all that just has the effect of kind of lowering defenses a little bit and making students a little more uh, open to all, everything you have to say, Mm -hmm. not just what you're trying to give them in this one lesson or this Mm -hmm. one game. It makes them relax a little bit. Is that, Mm -hmm. is that your experience? Absolutely. Oh, they're super, yes, totally. And so then I can start talking about, you know, the, the gestalt, theory of visual literacy and the principles behind, you know, now proximity and closure. <laughs> but it's but it's okay. Right. Because they they know that they're going they're going to be okay. Right. And that's that's pretty fun actually, you know, to know that um, know that they're going to be okay. Well, thank you very much Anne. That was, this was fantastic. And I was wondering may I keep my uh, torn up piece of paper? That. Yeah, you you should frame it. Great. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Next Cast is produced by Humber Press and the creative productions team at the Center for Teaching and Learning at Humber College. Special thanks to Panit Waugh, Santino Pinozzo, Allison Lasorda, Darren Richards, and Eileen DeCourcy. To suggest stories for future episodes of Next Cast or to let us know what you think, email Humber Press, all one word, at humber.ca. That's humberpress at humber.ca. To learn more about the workshops, teaching certificates, and other support offered through the Center for Teaching and Learning, and to read issues of Next Magazine, go to humber.ca slash Center for Teaching and Learning. Thanks for listening. See you next time. That's not a pun. <laughs>